You are listening to episode 54 of the Plainsville Podcast with Rita Hyland. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. Hey there, friends. I am eager to talk with you today when I want to share with you are some of my thoughts that I have had this last week on our approach to productivity, why we need to rethink it, how to not only do it better, but in a way that's aligned and authentic to the way that our brains really work, that we are naturally born to do and that are truly productive, and that actually bring us some enjoyment because continuing to do it in the old way that you and I were all taught is going to prevent many of us from rising up to what we're being called to, from serving at the levels that we are beckoned, as well as simply enjoying life. Now, I have a couple tools in my back pocket that I want to share with you that the most successful use that I'm almost certain you have never heard or used before. I'm going to tell you how I use them. Realize I hadn't shared these with you before. It's how it can help you access, I guess, your best ideas, your solutions, and keep you in the flow of work and life. This is a really important episode at this time because what I've recognized is as I'm speaking to a lot of people, productivity is having a challenge. It's becoming challenged most specifically during this COVID era where remote working is no longer a thing and that we are mostly working from home. This is important if your next phase of work or life involves you using and accessing your creativity, or if that's a way that brings you joy. It's important if you're into tackling larger projects or initiatives or even problems. I share this because most people have productivity, what it means completely backwards. But before I go into that, I wanted to share personal experience that I had over the last week. I have just returned from a trip to Wyoming, the very good friend of mine. She was kind enough to invite me for my birthday when it became very apparent that due to COVID, we were not going to be able to celebrate the way I normally would. I arrived in Wyoming midweek and was nothing but floored and stunned by the majestic sights of the Tetons, the mountains out there, which I didn't even know about to the extent that they are, the beauty of a lot of new fresh snow. We seemed to be in like a snow globe. There was space. There was silence. We had two moose greet us one morning as we woke up to say good morning and hello. 
It was absolutely awe-inspiring. I do, as I would say, think I saw God in the eyes of the moose. It was beautiful, and it actually inspired this podcast episode, and I wanted to share it with you. I'll come back full around, but what I realized in my reflections is that we have not, since 1993, been without personal computers. For the most part, that was the year where personal computers were not in the hands of every college student. I know this because that was the year I graduated. I did a, re, re, uh, a talk on our 25th anniversary and reunion, and I spoke and I researched and couldn't believe what I was finding and that I was the last class that ever didn't have one. So here we are 27 years later. Most of us have had a personal computer in our world since then, which has certainly sped up our pace and our productivity. We've been fascinated since then by the secrets of the most productive and how we too can become more productive. Have we not? We take classes. We've got all kinds of new planners. We get the latest apps, whether we toggle, we slack, we have scores of additional apps come out every day to help us be more productive. And it's fascinating. It's sometimes new. It's exciting. But it's also noisy. And we pay attention to all these things. And we put our attention on how to use them so much so that we stop paying attention to our own incredible power, our own wisdom, insight, ideas. We start behaving like the robots that we are enamored with, and we become less like human beings. What we don't put as much emphasis on when we're studying the most productive and how those successful people operate is we don't look at how are those people recharging? How are they clearing their minds? How do they hear their best ideas? How do they get their inspiration? During this COVID-19 pandemic, I've noticed that one of two things has either happened. Let me know which one it is for you. Either you're enjoying the additional time that you've had because you're not on planes, you're not meeting all the time, you're not in some type of commute all the time, or what research is starting to show us is you're starting to feel more burned out and overwhelmed because there isn't any true separation from work and personal life. You're trying to become even more productive. There's no commute for decompressing like there used to be. No time for that relaxing of the brain that you used to have. You'll see why that commute mattered in a minute. After I left my corporate work some time ago, I set up office in my home. And I used to joke that my commute is only one minute. Where I have to go from role to role of being business owner and coach to mother and all of the 20,000 roles that fall underneath that is home manager. And I realized how much that commute was a necessary part for the brain. And I had to find ways to build that particular kind of time in. And I will speak to that in a minute. It was interesting to me, and while I read an article recently, is that many businesses really feared that productivity was going to go down from people working at home. And what the research is actually showing is that productivity has stayed the same or it's gone up. Very interesting, isn't it? And there's data that was released that found that specifically U.S. employees were and are still working three additional hours each day. 
I have found that to be true because when I'm talking to people, they're explaining what their days look like. They are getting up early. They're getting their kids to where they need to be, whether that be daycare or they are doing um, remote learning and supporting kids on doing that. And then after the day is done and they get their dinner and they get their kids to where they you know, need to be, whether that be in bed, et cetera, they're going back to their home office. They're missing the separation. And while they may be having dinners at home, which seems great where they missed them before, there seems to be an increase in tasks and this focus on getting more done. The problem is that those that I talked to have found that this has been their story. And again, they're not feeling productive. They're overwhelmed and they're tired. About 58% of workers that were pulled in August said that they are burned out. Uh, That was up from 45% at the beginning of the pandemic. And half attributed the burnout to their workload. Another 39% said that they're taxed from balancing work and personal life, whether that's juggling the kids, their emotional issues that are arising as a natural product to some extent of the pandemic, their schooling. Getting tasks done is not productive. Productivity is not about the number of tasks that you get done in a day. It's about getting the right work done. That is your most important work, your creative work, your zone of genius work, the work of a leader. And that, my friends, comes from your deepest self. You can only access that when you are quiet and when you're listening. Many people miss this. They don't know it. I've missed it too. I've done this myself. But when I started to value the silence, the listening, and I learned how to access, trust myself, and act on it, that's when everything changed. I was reminded of this when I was out in Wyoming, how important the silence is, that it is a necessary part of productivity, in fact. You can create your own rhythm that works with your own best cycle. It's very different for every single person. I work with some creatives that just, they need more than even others do, that they they absolutely need it as food for the soul, that silence. It's different for everyone. Like I said, it requires something, however, that many of us have lost. And it's a skill that we've lost because of One of two reasons, we either undervalue the silence and the listening, or we treat it like it's a luxury. You know, like if I had a, if I had a dime for every person who I speak to who says they want to incorporate executive think time, strategic think time, meditation, whatever it is that you want to name it, quiet time and listening time, time to hear oneself. I, I, oh, I'd have extra millions in my pocket. Yeah. Many millions in the pocket. We say it, but we don't do it. We understand in theory that it's a good idea, but we don't know it. We're not living it and doing it on a day to day basis. What's missed in our approach to productivity is that too often we're so immersed in the tasks that if we're, if I use a metaphor here, it's like we're driving in a race car and competing to an, with another car next to us. But then when we pick our head up, we find we're in Texas and we wanted to be over in California, right? We must constantly put ourselves in a place 
that we can hear ourselves, specifically that we can hear our truth. Otherwise, we will have been productive getting the wrong thing done. And that happens all too often with highly productive people. We have to be aware and open to receive the messages, deliberate enough to create the space for them, and conscious enough to let them in. It takes time, though. It takes attention to it. It takes courage to practice it because it's different than what we're taught or observe. It requires practice and trust. It's like tuning into a different radio station. Yeah? It's, it's, it's really, the task level is like turning into the AM radio that you drove in your Pinto station wagon back in the 70s versus Sirius or whatever high level frequency we're able to turn it, tune in today. But listening to ourselves, truly hearing what's said in the quiet moment, it actually can catapult us exponentially because you're not running into as many cul-de-sacs. You are getting information from your highest source, your best source. And what's interesting is, and this is what I observed, the quieter you become, the more you can hear. It seems to me that many of us understand this on the logical level, the importance of listening and getting silent, but we either don't know how or we don't do it, right? But if I said, I have a pill for you so that you can access your superpower, I bet you'd raise your hand and take it, wouldn't you? Taking the time for silence and listening to your best self That is the natural organic elixir to your superpower. I can hand them both to you. You have to say, I'm willing to take it. Here's how you can do this easily, daily. I'm going to talk super easy. Start with five minutes. Be quiet. Be still. Be in the silence. In the planner or journal or simply on a piece of paper, start with the five minutes in an uninterrupted space. And maybe you just ask yourself these three questions. What's working right now? What's not working? What messages am I meant to hear? Here's the thing. The next four steps after that question and in this process to listening are that you simply ask, step one, the the questions. Ask. Expect that an answer is going to come to you. Listen. The third is to trust it when it comes. And the fourth is to act on it once you get it. So when you hear things, act on it. If you hear you're supposed to, you know, sell, you know, stock, the worst part is not acting on it the next day and seeing that, oh my gosh, I had the right answer. I was right. Trust yourself. Each one of these four steps is important. Ask, expect, trust, and act. Now, there are some other things that are easy to help you access. They're scientifically proven. Einstein and Edison have used them, and a lot of evolved and successful people do. It's a scientific way that you can use your half-asleep brain 
to solve problems. I'm going to keep this exceedingly simple because I am a generalist. I like the top level. Fortunately, I don't like all of the detail. There are four states of the brain, depending on your level of activity. There is your most active when you are presenting at a meeting or you are in an interview. When you're there, that's called your beta state. There is a relaxed state when you have finished a test or a project, or if you were like me this past week when I finished a cross-country ski, it was so relaxed. That's your alpha state. Delta is when you're flat out sleeping. The other stage I want to talk to you about is the best for your problem solving, and that is your theta state. This is when you get good ideas. It happens when you're driving. That's why the importance of the commute that we no longer have. It happens when you're in the shower or the bath. Can happen when you're shaving. Can happen when you're rhythmically folding laundry. It's a state where tasks are so automatic that your subconscious mind takes over and it'll do them for you. It allows your brain to disengage and you want it to do that. You want to get into your theta state. And the theta state is always associated with autopilot. Just like think of a time happens to me all the time when I arrive at a destination in my car and I'm like, oh, I did not realize I just did that. I don't even recall going by, you know, this place or that. It's when there is often free flow of thinking, your brain's relaxed enough that the ideation process can take place. That's the theta state. So let me tell you where else the theta state happens. It does happen in sleeping, but it happens Not in your deepest level of sleeping. It's as you're about to go to sleep and as you're waking. So here's how you use it very simply. Just as you become conscious in the morning, when your eyes are just starting to open and your eyelashes are fluttering, I usually close my eyes one more time. I think of something that I need an answer to for the day. Choose one thing. Today, it happened to be topic for the podcast. I could also suggest it be maybe a conversation that you're going to have to have, or if you have to write a report, or if you need a creative answer for something. Focus on one thing. Don't force yourself to think about. Just be in the moment because your brain has actually been ruminating on that idea all night long. And as ideas come to you, listen. Sometimes they're small insights. Sometimes they're flashes of brilliance. Your brain's been working on them, actually, ruminating on them all night. Use the information that it's been using during its sleeping. Einstein has said that he never went to sleep without informing his subconscious mind of what to work on. Here's the deal, the second step, and this is really important. Take notes. My most frustrating problem in the past is when I have these ideas come to me, whether I'm on a long run or I'm in the shower or I've been on a long drive and I don't have a pen and paper to get them down. I remember Richard Branson saying, always have a pen and paper wherever you go. I now never go anywhere without a paper and pen. I have them in my car. I have them in my purse. I have them in the shower. Can buy aqua notes less than $20. Maybe it's less than 10. I don't even know. Pencil, aqua notes, you can scribble down your thoughts. 
I always have something where I can capture my downloads. Those are your gold. Yes. And when you get them, you have to trust them. And when you trust them, you act on them. Okay. The other thing that I'm going to suggest to you are what are called binaural beats. Binaural beats, you can get, you can download an app for Spotify or Headspace, but you can also research a little bit about them. They're very, they're, I do them, I use them when I work too. What it does is it supports putting you in one of these states that you need. One of these, whether you want to be in the beta or the theta or the alpha. Hopefully you don't want to be in the delta at that moment because you want to sleep, but actually you people use them to get to sleep. You help, they, they speed up your pace of getting your brain to delta so that you do go to sleep. There's all different ways of using your brain to support you authentically, naturally. Okay. So, you know, I, I, I go back to this opportunity, this trip I had to Wyoming as an, in, as an inspiration for this because I remember, you know, as I left, I turned to my friend and it just came out of my mouth. And I said, I'm not the same person I was when I got here. And she said, I'm not either. And that's because we accessed parts of us that we hadn't heard or seen because we had an opportunity to be in the silence. Now, we're not, at least me and maybe you, don't have the access to going to Wyoming every single time we need the space and the silence to hear what we aren't hearing. But we can get quiet. We can practice that daily despite it. And we can make it a as, as often of a practice, as much of a ritual as brushing our teeth. That's a decision. That is a the courage to practice, right? Let's summarize here. I want you to realize that you have the opportunity to do it five minutes in the morning to take a trip or to go out for a day and be and walk in nature. There is so much space to keep growing. Enjoy the adventure of it, of getting to know yourself more than you did yesterday. Your potential for vast amounts of joy and happiness and experiences are unlimited. They're infinite. They have to be accessed and they have to be heard. You can't just want your groceries. You got to go, oh, you have to order your groceries, right? So be curious, be courageous, have a, I want to see kind of attitude. I want to hear what's, what's being downloaded to me. Be open to first time experiences. You can get practiced at this and you get really good at just allowing. It's like, oh, but I, my download, I just got this. I just heard this. I'll end with a quote that inspired me from Alan Delia. She remembered who she was and the game changed. He remembered who he was and the game changed. It's time to rethink productivity and think bigger about who you are, about your contribution and your enjoyment of this one and only life. This week, your call to action is to set aside five to 15 minutes to simply be in silence and listen. If a bigger reset is in order, find a way to schedule a day or take a trip. What I'm saying is that life is a continual process of reinvention and growth. We have to get quiet to hear our answers through the noise. 
it always comes back to hearing ourselves. And when we do, when we hear ourselves, we are living heaven on earth. Be well, my friends. Have a delightful week. I am grateful for you and I look forward to us having this conversation next week. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. 